It's the host with the most coming back at you for another episode of the Kruger Dissection. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, arguably the youngest guest I have had on my podcast since its two-year run, and guest that I just found out recently actually goes to the same school school as me, which I had no idea until about a week ago. And that guest is the one, the only, the Dollheads. Say what's up, guys. Hi, what's up? Hey. How are you guys doing today on this fine, what is it, Tuesday? Yeah, yeah Tuesday. Tuesday. We're doing good. pretty good. good. You? Yeah. I'm doing great. I did summer school earlier today. Oh. Got my assignments done. Oh. I did good on it, but eh, it's just annoying. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. So, you know, Dollheads, why don't you introduce yourself uh, individually, say who you are, what you do in the band, so that way the listener could, you know, distinguish person with voice. Alright, um, I'm Angela Avery. My, um, I play guitar and I sing lead vocals. I'm Samantha Avery, I play bass and backup vocals. And I'm Austin Avery, and I'm the drummer. Awesome, and first things first, something that's really interesting that some of you might have already picked up, you guys all share the last name, which is because... We are a sibling band. <laughs> so it's kind of like the Ramones, except actually siblings. Yeah. yeah. Was there an was there an, an idea to call yourself like the Austins or the Austin Family Band, or was it always Dollheads in mind? Well, originally we were called Ten and Under. That's because I'm the oldest, and we started when I was ten, and like we went pretty young. He was you were six when we started, right, Austin? Uh, yeah. 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 Um, we actually didn't change our name to the Dollheads till like six months ago. Mm-hmm. When we started releasing music, we wanted to choose a name that we could stick with until we were like older. Definitely, and so you guys have been doing this for a while. You guys mm-hmm. have been like playing music for a while, and you know, working with each other for a while. Even especially you, Austin, doing that at such a young age—that's actually really impressive and really cool. Thank you. You know, so what was it like? You know, always like growing up and together, and being raised with like music being such a strong connection between all of you. Um, growing up, we did listen to a lot of music, and like I think it's helped us get along better, especially being the band, just spending more time with each other, like. Even when it gets a little frustrating, we know how to yeah. like, get over that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how was it first doing the band together with you know being so young and just having like this chaotic energy that is music? <laughs> well, you wanna go? Well, with me, I found it really fun and exciting to be able to perform in front of our peers. Like most of the performances we did as kids were at our elementary school for like assemblies, so I thought that was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at first, we were tr- like we figuring out what we were doing was part like kind of hard. Like we didn't play much with other people. Like we were all very very new to our instruments. Like she didn't play bass yet. She was piano. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we all came together and we learned a song. Kind of figured it out, and it, it did. It worked out well, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, and how how did that whole situation work with like doing music for you know your elementary school assemblies? Like, I would imagine the guidelines would be pretty strict because it's like, you know, like like was like eight year olds listening yeah. to your band. Did you have to play like kids bop covers or? <laughs> so, um, the first song we played was "One Call Away" by Charlie mm-hmm. Puth. 
Um, it was relatively easy because like we said, um, we're, we were very new to this music and we wanted to choose something that was like clean and people knew it. Uh, so we chose that song. Yeah, and for, was it third or fourth grade for my Niagara Ball? It was, you were fourth grader. Yeah, so for my fourth grade Niagara Ball, uh, the whole thing was basically Disney themed. <laughs> like we played Can You Feel the Love Tonight, and the only thing out of Disney, I'm pretty sure, was 99 Red Balloons by Goldfinger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Awesome, that's actually really cool and really interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, from being, you know, super young and just getting into music, trying to do, like, easy songs, songs that aren't too difficult, are you guys, like, experimenting with more songs, more styles now, now that you've grown into your instruments? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, we play songs both as a band and, individually. Uh, yeah, individually. We do our own covers and band covers. Um, so, for our own covers... We explore a little bit into other music, but for our band covers, we try to keep it the same. Um, we actually did try experimenting with stuff like outside of what we usually listen to. Like um, we tried covering a Beach Bunny song a couple months ago, uh, Cloud Nine. It's a Beach Bunny, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we also uh, we were messing around a little bit, and I recently learned the baseline for Come Down by Anderson Falk and. Then Austin jumped in, like freestyling on the drums, and then Angela started rapping. <laughs> I had to look up the lyrics, yeah. but it was fun. Yeah, I couldn't help but rap with her, and then it just became kind of a thing for us, <laughs> like just for jamming before or after practice. And how often do you guys practice? I mean, I would imagine it'd be pretty easy because you all live in the same house. Yeah. You know, there's no like conflicting schedules. Like, oh, I can't, I have soccer practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we try every day. Um, we have a show coming up on the 4th of July and it's, it's a 45 minute set. So it's really oh, wow, important yeah. that we get used to <laughs> that. <laughs> get used to playing for 45 minutes straight. It's not easy. No, it's not. It, it, it's tough. Like 10 minutes in, you're like, man, I want to sit down. And then you look around on stage and there's like nowhere to sit down. Yeah. Especially, well, with me, I don't know what it's like with the guitar and drums, but the bass after a certain amount of time, it starts to feel a lot heavier than it actually is, having it on one shoulder. But what I do is focus on the people watching, and it kind of goes away at some point. Meanwhile, I just sit down the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you don't know, like, but you're still like killing it out there, you know? Because like I play drums, as, I play drums as well, and I play like a bunch of instruments. And drums is no joke. Like five minutes in, my arms are sore, yeah. and it's tiring. And you know, you, you got a singer telling you like, "Hey, play harder." And it's like, <laughs> I'm already playing as hard as I can. Yeah. I can't go any harder. He likes yeah. to go fast. Like we'll be yes. in practice, and he'll speed up some of the songs, and I look at him and like, "Hey, you know, uh, slow down a bit." Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, like, you're like, awesome, that's really cool. And yeah. what kind of, like, especially, like, now with you guys, like, doing shows and doing, like, long sets, are you still kind of focusing on, like, a more, on, like, a, I guess, dominant style or dominant sound, or are you experimenting more? How would you describe your music? Um, well, for covers, we try to stick more to, like, the punk or pop-punk pop, pop genre. Like, uh, we play a lot of Green Day. Like, that's our oh, favorite yeah. band. We've done a couple Ramones covers... 
Uh, what else? Food um, fighters. Food we fighters. Tried we tried. Yeah, hysteria is a big cover for us. Um, yeah, that one's um, outside of our main genre, but it's yeah. something that we've been experimenting with recently. Yeah, and at one point we played dancing by myself a with lot. Myself. <laughs> with myself, I'm sorry. Um, and one of our main covers, as I mentioned earlier, was 99 Red Wounds. Yeah, we like to play that at almost every show. Mm -hmm. Like That's our opener. We've been using that as our opening recently. And then we close with Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones a lot. It's such a fun mm -hmm. song. It is a really fun song. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, another big cover for us is Want You Bad. Like, it just gets me especially so hyped up. Yeah, it gets us hyped up and the audience hyped up. Yeah. Yeah. And something you said that I found really interesting was that you saw you said like kinda like a pop punk genre was kinda like guys' like, you know, like go to for covers, especially with like Green Day being such a like uh like a big inspiration and being such a big fan for you guys. Did you guys always grow up surrounded by that music? Yes. Or, and yeah. did that come from your parents or did like one of you find it on your own? Um, it came from our parents. Like I actually remember being really little, my mom's ringtone was American Idiot. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> That'll do it. We didn't really comprehend like, oh, this is a band until like I was a fourth grader when I started actually trying to listen to Green Day. And I was like, oh, I didn't know this was like Green Day. Like I heard Wake Me Up When September Ends. Didn't realize it was a Green Day song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of my first covers was Basket Case by Green Day. I had to slow it down a bit, but yeah, it was so fun for me. Mm-hmm. One like, of our first band covers was actually a Green Day song. Like, it was Still Breathing, right? Still Breathing, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Holiday. Yeah, that one was fun. And what was it like, and what was it like you know, listening to that sort of music? Cause I know, especially at such a young age, like listening to that sort of stuff isn't really like normal. It's more so like, you kind of like almost like the black sheep, but it's like, how have you guys embraced like your individuality and uniqueness at such a young age? Cause I can't think of another person that was playing drums at six. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I didn't really realize our music taste was a bit different till I was in middle school and yeah, yeah. no one knew who I was talking about. Like, I would show up to school wearing Green Day shirts or, like, Foo Fighters, and there is not a time I can remember in middle school, especially, like, sixth grade. Nobody ever, like, mentioned, oh, I know that band, I know that band, until eighth grade. I saw somebody wearing a shirt from the Foo Fighters tour, and I was like, I was there too! Yeah. <laughs> so you can really connect over that being so unique with music taste. Yeah, um, like them, I, I haven't really met any other kids who like the same music I did, except for one of my friends uh, from last school year. His name is Holden. He, we literally have the same top three favorite bands, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Green Day, and Foo Fighters. <laughs> and he started playing guitar at a young age also, and we get along well. I can definitely see why. It's a it's like a musical connection. Yeah. You know, like especially like nowadays more than ever, music being such like a good thing to just like connect people and connect different communities and everything. Yeah. It's like um we had a post, like we said something like, If voices don't reach others, maybe music will and that feels like it's pretty true. Um, music connects people in a way that sometimes just talking can't. 
And, you know, with doing music for, like, years and years and doing, you know, shows, starting doing shows at your, like, local elementary school to now, you know, progressing and doing more shows here in town, how has, the, how has like, the progression been? Like, how did you guys go from just doing, like, local school stuff to, like, working with booking agents here in Vegas? It was actually pretty surprising. Like we would only have a couple shows a year and sometimes that would just be because recitals or like every once in a while someone would find our Instagram and ask us to play. But then we submitted a video for Battle of the Bands. Like we didn't think we were going to make it, but we did. And we didn't even think we were going to win and we ended up winning that. And that just opened up a lot more opportunities. Yeah, yeah ever since that Battle of the Bands, everything just took off. Mm-hmm. We kept getting more shows, and yeah. I feel like it started out really slow, and then after Battle of the Bands, everything seemed to escalate very quickly. And how was that Battle of the Bands? Because uh, I, unfortunately I couldn't make it that day, but I did see a bunch of posts, because I knew a good amount of people performing there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which Battle of the Bands was this? This was the, you guys have done several, but this was the one that was recent with, um, I know part two played it with you guys. Oh yeah. Oh, that one was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, they had a space for the audience to stand so we could get close to the stage. Um, And after performances, we would talk to the other bands, get to know them. Like, I think that one has to be one of my favorite performances. Yeah, it was also nice to perform with people kind of close to our age. Like, I loved our Battle of the Bands in Henderson, but everybody was at least 10 years older than us <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, but for our recent Battle of the Bands, like, all the love shown to the other bands, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's awesome. And, you know, go, going off what, like, Samantha said, you know, how, how does it feel like being, like, one of the youngest bands of everybody else being, like, having, like, 10 years on you? It feels cool. Like I, it it feels. I don't know how to describe it. It just. We're also musicians, and it just shows like that diversity in music, and I. It it's a good thing to be able to represent that. Yeah. It also makes me feel like really special to know that at such a young age we can reach, this the level that we have right now and be able to relate to musicians that are a lot older than us. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the ones who play the same type of music. Like, at this age, it feels like we're passing the torch. Already. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's so cool that you guys have, like, done so much at such a young age. Like, it just proves, like, the future is, like, anything could happen. Anything could happen. And with you guys, like, also releasing music online, yeah. um, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit um, before we started recording, but you guys aren't really too experienced with, like, the recording and stuff, how that works. So how did you guys, like, do your singles that you have currently out? Well, um, Sam and I, we have the same teacher for guitar and bass, and we'd shown him some of our original music, um, and he suggested we go to, to record them at this studio called 11th Street Records. I love it over there. Oh yeah, yeah. It's such a it's nice space. Cool. So yeah. our first day there, like we had rented out for the whole day. We didn't know what we were doing, <laughs> but we started out just playing together and then individually we played um, our own tracks and kind of layered that and it took us nine hours. <laughs> it takes a long time yeah. for yeah. recording. At 
one song, like, I just lost my cool. I had to go outside and take a walk. I, I just couldn't get this one part in the chorus. Yeah, but after we came back, yeah, after that break, we nailed it. Mm -hmm. it. It was, it was good. And then the next, next time we did record, it yeah. went a lot smoother. Mm -hmm. We actually recorded uh, last Friday. Uh, we were there for six hours. Um, it went really smoothly. Like we, I feel like we got a lot of progress done. Yeah. Yes. We did it a bit differently though. Like we. We were all playing, but only the drums were recorded first, and then we'd go and layer the instrumentals in. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. was a lot faster now that we knew what we were doing. Yeah. And we didn't have to... We didn't mess around as much. It was song after song. Yeah, and... Instead of doing everything in one song, then everything in one song, what we did is all instrumentals and than all vocals, and I think that really helped it. You know, and that's cool, and you know, because like I've done recording, and I've been in studios for other bands that are like, you know, doing their own recording, and it is, oh my gosh, like hearing the same guitar part like ten times <laughs> over gets really exhausting. Yeah, especially once you mess up, and then, yeah, like and you have to keep going. <laughs> yeah, you know, and at least like when I do like my recordings for like my demos and such, like I just do everything one take, and if I mess up once, I have to restart everything all over again. Yeah, yeah. especially um, something we had to do was like punch left, punch right for the guitar, so that it's like in both ears. So I had to play that twice, and then I messed up and had to do it and again. And if it's like off timing by like a millisecond, oh, it's like... Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and how long, how, like a really specific question, how long did it take for you guys to get sick of hearing the metronome in your ears? Oh, not uh, long. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had already been practicing with the metronome a while before the recording, um, but we couldn't all hear, hear it. I had to listen to it and do the sick clicks as we went. But I think they both adapted to it really quickly and yeah. yeah, once we got into the studio and uh, Sam and I had to actually hear the metronome, it it so was a little bit annoying, like yeah. even after the first song, because it felt like we were fighting the metronome at first. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there was one song, it was the one Austin wrote, uh, there was one part we kept on like going off the metronome, and <laughs> I don't remember the word for it, but usually the metronome just go one, two, three, four, but we had to do something. Subdivisions. Subdivisions, yeah. Those get really annoying really fast. Oh, where it's like one and two and three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like one and two and three. Yeah. It helps you stay so with the metronome, but it's really annoying to hear. It really yeah. is, yeah. And then you get confused because there's like so yeah. many. Yeah. It's like so much clicking. I know. Then the results, it, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's definitely worth it. But the process is, that's what a lot of people don't understand with like music. They think it's like smoothing and yeah. it's like really easy. It's not easy. No. It's really not. It's, no. You know? And one thing you said that I found really interesting was that you quickly mentioned a song Austin wrote. How does songwriting work between you guys? Do you guys all pitch in on some songs? Do like some people have full songs and they present it to the band? Uh, what so, we mostly do is one of us writes a song, uh, all of us can play guitar to some level, so we'll have like the guitar or the bass in the background, 
and then we present it to the band and one of us will kind of play and then the others jump in until we find what we like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's kind of like how Sam described we learned come down earlier. Like they just start playing what they made instead and then we all jump in as we go. Later on we revise what we need to revise and we just keep working on it, practicing. Mm -hmm. It's like a domino effect. One person starts playing, which is usually uh, the person that writes the song, and then Austin jumps in with drums, and then the last person jumps in until it gets to the end of the trail of dominoes, which yeah. is the final song. There is only one song we did a, a bit differently. Um, I needed Angela to give me a recording because at that song, my brain couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do. So I just listened to the recording, I got something, and I jumped on the drum set. And once I had my drum part finished, I brought it back to Angela, she enjoyed it, and we all came together. That's really cool, that's really, really interesting, and that's like, I feel like that's a unique way I've heard recently. Because I feel like with other bands, if like one person writes a song, they introduce the song, and then the other musicians, the other people in the band just like change it up a little. But with you guys kind of like jumping in and like really like working with each other, I think that's actually like really, really dope. Thank you. Yeah, it, thank you. It really helps that we're siblings. Yeah. <laughs> like we all listen to the same type of stuff most of the time. Yeah. So, yeah. And who would you say has the most like, not like diverse musical taste, but who has like the most like surprise, like, like favorite artists? Austin. <laughs> Um, yeah, I recently discovered Kendrick Lamar. There you um, go. So now, when I'm not listening to rock, I'm just listening to rap, again, mostly Kendrick Lamar. But after just hearing one song by him, I started exploring that genre, and I found a lot that I liked. Oh, yeah. Once you start, you definitely can't stop, especially with Kendrick. Kendrick's a really amazing artist to uh, like first listen to rap and hip-hop and get into that yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Something that got me into like rap and hip-hop was uh, a few months ago we went to a Bruno Mars like, Silk, Silk Sonic, Sonic Silk Sonic, I love that. Yeah, and I really enjoyed hearing the music and I wish that I'd known the music, I knew the music before we went so I could enjoy the concert more. Yeah, mm. um, I found Kendrick Lamar by listening to music in the car with my dad. Um, I think the first song I heard was Money Trees and I just love it. Then there's Humble, Drink, DNA, so many songs by him I love. Mm -hmm. But some other rappers I like include J. Cole and 21 Savage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I discovered Conan Gray when I, I learned the song Heather. Um, I, f I found a video, like some animation of it on YouTube. And I really started listening to it, and I was like, I like this song, I really like this song. And then I did a cover of it, and then I listened to the whole Kid Crow album, and it just really got me listening to him and, like, songs similar to that, like, Before You Go, I love that song, and just other, like, soft acoustic stuff. That's actually, that's so interesting, you know, everyone's kind of, like, expanding their horizons and finding new stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Austin. Gotta ask, gotta gotta ask. Did you listen to the new Kendrick Lamar al album? 
Oh yeah. What did oh, you yeah. think? Because uh, there's a lot of mixed reviews. Yeah. And so I, I want to know what did you think about it? Um, I think it's kind of hard to explain. I'm also mixed on that one. I think overall it's pretty good, but there there are some songs that didn't really make sense to me. I don't know how else to describe it. But two songs I really enjoyed from that album were Silent Hill and N95. Those were great. Yeah, and I know like a big general consumption with that album was that like it's an album that you can like chill to. That yeah. it, it's very, you know, something to like background music for an activity you're doing. That's something you could play at a party, so and so. Um, that's another thing I like about Kendrick Lamar. He has some really hyped up songs like Humble and then um, you can... Someone breaking in? Oh my god. <laughs> that's a dog. <laughs> then you could calm down by listening to All Right. Like, that's a big reason why he's my favorite rapper and one of my favorite musical artists. Awesome. That's so cool. You know, I, you know, we have that in common. I love Kendrick a lot. Yes. You know, yeah. Even my because when was it? It was like a few months ago. I bought my friend a Kendrick Lamar um, vinyl, and like I was like at his house, being like getting ready to give it to him, and I was like, should I just keep this for myself? <laughs> like, do I really want to give this away? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so with like everything you guys have done recently, the growth you guys have had like since you guys have even started what can we expect you know from the dollheads in the future because i know like you guys were speaking about recording and you know can we hear like new music around a certain date can we expect more shows more more opportunities for you guys mm -hmm. more shows and new music that yeah is especially what you should be expecting from us like we've got some new songs we're really excited to release because yeah. we feel like they just overshadow the ones we've written already like those ones were good, but these ones, these ones are really good. Like, don't, don't get us wrong. We love our first three songs. Like, when I first heard it, it was the best stuff I ever heard. <laughs> I was like, Angela, you're a genius. Yeah. And then she brought us these ones, and then Sam and I both wrote a song. Chef's Kiss. And we have, what is it, three shows coming up soon? Maybe. We have 4th of July festival on the 4th of July. Makes <laughs> sense. Uh, we're doing Pride a Play festival. for Pride show. Uh, which July is night. with Planet Vertigo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe First Friday. First Friday with who? Uh, it's, where is it? Is it the IG stage? Yeah. That one. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, I thought you guys, yeah, because I know they've been putting a lot of like of the small artists with them and I know that that show usually like, gets scouted out by uh, For the Culture people too mm -hmm. so if you guys could definitely like uh, get in contact with For the Culture you guys could like blow up blow up oh yeah you know cause they've really helped put a lot of artists like on the map here in town yeah I'm yeah. super excited I know and I feel like the IG stage is a really good first step cause you get such a big audience of that and you know, people just walking by, just hearing your stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's actually really exciting for you guys. 
Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also like really looking forward to the Fourth of July show because like it's our first time opening for a real, real band. Yeah, we're opening for Lone Star, and we heard that. Um, how big is the crowd? Like two thousand people. Yeah, it's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. Kind of makes me a little nervous, but excited yeah. at the same time. A lot of pressure, but pressure is fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I like I don't really get too nervous about big crowds, but I've never seen two thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not sure, but it's a chance to play, so I'm in. I'm excited for you guys, you know? And then before we wrap things up, I do have one final question because I mentioned to my friends how I was scouting you guys out for an interview and he was like, what would you even ask them because they're so young? And one of his suggested questions, so what's your guys' favorite cartoons? Oh my God. <laughs> um, well, childhood cartoons. Oh, childhood cartoons? Looney Tunes. I love Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah, Tunes. we love Looney Tunes. Um, they can tell you Angela would hate listening to this oh all day. Oh, my God. If you're going to see the Garfield show. Yes. The Garfield oh show? <laughs> hate Ch Childhood show. cartoons, Garfield show. Like, I, I don't know why I was so appealed to it, but it would always be on when I was younger. And, well... I'm young, but like young. younger, younger. younger. Yeah. I, I, I know, and it's like, how can you hate Garfield? He's a cat <laughs> who's orange, hates Mondays, and loves lasagna. Well, Most relatable <laughs> character ever. I know. The first time they got through this show, it was like, oh, it's fine. The but then you guys watch it like six times at least <laughs> every day. It was just Garfield no, every like, morning. Wrong. You walk down the stairs, hear the Garfield theme. You're like, Austin's downstairs, isn't he, <laughs> Angela? Not at least six times. What? At least 60 times. Oh. No. Like, Sam watched with me for a little while, but then, you know, she joined Angela and joined the dark side. The no, dark side. I did not. I never joined the dark side. She's always on the dark side. I hate her. <laughs> but I also hate. all love Teen Titans Go. Oh my oh, yeah. god. It's 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 a good show. I just don't think it's a good Teen Titans show. We saw the like the, the original the original Teen Titans too. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I love that show, Garena. Yeah. That was my favorite show ever. <laughs> yeah, but we have taken a big step from the shows we watched. Now it's well, mostly Stranger Things and Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Good choices. I'm still on season two for Stranger Things. You oh, have oh to my yeah. finish it. Finish it. You have to. I, no, I'm gonna finish it eventually, but <laughs> you know, I, it's so funny because I have so many friends who keep telling me like, "Oh my God, you're just like Eddie." I don't know if that's an insult or a good thing. <laughs> it's, it's a, a good, thing. good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a really good thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I'm, I'm glad sure. I didn't say anything about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Another yeah, show? but the rule is. One season in two days max. <laughs> what? That's what we yes. do. What? That, that is the rule, okay? You can watch one episode in one day and then stay up until 3 a.m. the next morning watching the other eight. That's what we did. That's yep. what we did season for three. season three. Season three. Wow. Yeah. We finished it two days as well. Yeah. yeah. But that was more half and half. Yeah. Another show we like is Freaks and Geeks. Like it got canceled oh, after the first yeah. season. 
Like, you probably don't know it. I've never heard of it. No, um, in Wonder Years. it was in, like, it was in the 1990s when Freaks and Geeks was released. Um, it's set in the 80s. You can find it on Hulu, right? Yeah, it's set in either the 80s or 90s, but it's just, like, about these two siblings, uh, Lindsay and Sam Weir. And Lindsay likes to hang out with the quote-unquote freaks, like, drug addicts. Oh, yeah. Um, they, like, get Sam, into trouble. And then Sam's, Sam's a nerd. He hangs out with the nerds in the AV club. It's not lizard skin. <laughs> that is a reference that... I don't get the right... I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. You should watch it. It's a fun show. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I know one of those shows that I've, like, fell in love with, fell in love with recently is The Loud House. I've oh, seen a couple episodes yeah. of that. I don't think I've seen that. Oh, there's one more cartoon I just thought of that I watched the whole summer during quarantine, right? Quarantine? Quarantine. And a little bit during lunch in online school. Yeah, I don't know what you're referencing. Phineas and Fruit. Phineas Oh my god, yeah, I love that show growing up. That was yes. one of my favorites. Oh, I gotta love How that. How can we forget about that one? Phineas and Fruit. It's a classic. Yeah. Yes. It's a classic. They found Frankenstein's brain, a character that is fictional, painted a whole continent. What else um, did they do? They made a whole roller coaster, didn't they? They drove their sister insane. They did drive their sister insane. <laughs> the disrespect to Isabel, is that the name? It's just it's just insane. Look, so look, my boy Phineas, he doesn't get distracted by girls, alright? <laughs> he has his mind set on a mission, and that's having the best summer, and he doesn't want anybody or anyone Anything distracting him. Okay, but Doofenshmirtz and all his backstories, his parents weren't even at his birth. Like, come on. Come on like, how, like, <laughs> how, do you, <laughs> how do you get more creative than that? I know. And he's just got, like, all these inventions for, like, petty reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Not inventions, innators. You're right. Oh, yeah. You're so right. You know, and Perry I'm... the platypus, when he has his hat on, he's not... He is Perry the Platypus, yeah. like, like the spy. Like, how, yeah. how do you but not recognize him? You don't know him when he doesn't have a hat on. It's a, it's a key factor. <laughs> yeah. Identifying factor. Yeah. You know, and especially like as the seasons have progressed, seeing Doofenshmirtz and Perry's like relationship like grow. <laughs> like I, I remember I saw a post one time where it was like in the earlier seasons, like Perry always like knocks down like uh, Doofenshmirtz's door. Yeah. But then in the later seasons, like he opens it up for him. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't there an episode where Doofenshmirtz was like, you can't keep kicking down the doors, you gotta pay for that? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It was. You know, I, I, lo- I just I just love the character development. It's a, yeah. It was a really good show, and then it got cancelled. <sighs> but they still made like a movie. A movie recently, yeah. yeah. I saw the one that's like, Candace Versus That's the, the recent one or yeah. something. Yeah, I don't know how I felt about that one. I think that's how we started watching Phineas and Ferb. It's while well, you and I grew up. Well, how he started watching Phineas and Ferb. Where was I? Somewhere. (laughs) Like four, bro. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a fair point. Okay. So you know, before we say goodbye and before we wrap things up, is there anything else you guys like wanted to mention? And what can people like find your social media? What can they find you on streaming services? Uh, right. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook under the Dollheads and streaming services. We are on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, YouTube Music. Um, I think we're also on like Deezer and Amazon Music. So you can we're find on us like there. every music platform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Perfect. Well, you know, Dollheads, thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. And thank you so much for being interested and devoted to this episode. It was really fun getting to talk to you guys and yeah. learn more about the youth nowadays. I, I feel <laughs> like an old person talking to you guys. <laughs> you know, usually I usually people I interview are older than me by like at least five years. And this time it's like the other way around. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, a good, it's a nice change. Yeah. You know? And, of, and as always, thank you to listener for listening to this episode of The Kruger Dissection. To show your support, make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review to stay up to date with future episodes. You can find my social media as well as the Dollhead social media in the podcast description below. Thank you, Anchor, for sponsoring this episode. And as always, I will see you guys next time. Deuces. Deuces.